Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, hello. You found Waypoints, where the Waypoint staff and friends take a break to nerd out and deep dive on the culture, art, and entertainment that's been inspiring and provoking us lately. Gathered around the table this week, we've got Patrick Klepek. I wasn't ready for the oh, hello, so in my recording is a brief Austin Walker. <laughs> hey, how's it going? I'm here. Kato. You're so, you're so dark, Rob. I can't see you. <laughs> Kato. Kato, are you okay? Is that... That was a you good got, one. It was better. Yeah. Are we sure that was good? Man, I am backlit like crazy. Oh. This is like I this is a very like hello commander like perspective <laughs> yeah. you have on me right now. And I can't or, uh, really the, the dude in control. Yeah. Trans. Oh yeah. No, yeah. that's even yeah, that's yeah. maybe even more accurate. If Rob was sending just, over loops of like six second long repeating <laughs> shots, smoking a cigarette and fading backwards into the darkness, that'd be great. There was there was this one time I tried to get one of those little bags of Oreo cookies from the vending machine. I couldn't. I went home. I carried that with me. But something else came home with me too. And that's why my family died. Oh, oh shit. Dark. Killed by that's, Oreos. Yeah, that's basically well, you know, they're they're an archetypal object. Right. Uh that's actually the, the true story of how Trench lost his family. He right. he, he made the mistake of like trying to use and uh, like he saw a vending machine that was stocked with the real stuff not just like white label stuff right. and he was like damn I could really go for the brand name but he didn't realize that when brand name items appear in the oldest house some shit is about to go down. And that's why everyone died. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Great. That's my head cannon anyway. Uh, <laughs> speaking of really elaborate things happening in our own mind Patrick uh, you <laughs> wanted to some so there's a little bit of Twitter drama, as I understand it, that's that's happening uh, on your timeline. Yeah, I'm having, I'm having a moment. Uh, Robin, Robin, Austin, already aware of it because I needed to, I needed to declare it as soon as so. Uh, a couple days back, um, you know, it's 2020, and I don't necessarily do like the resolution thing, but it is like a take stock of stuff. And like one of the things I was taking stock of was looking at my podcast feed. I do this every year. It's like what are the ones I've wanted to listen to that I haven't gotten to. Like, why am I not getting to that stuff? How do I prioritize that? And I looked through and I was like, I'm going to get rid of some of these political pods that have turned into essentially cable news for me. It's just people talking. I'm not really learning anything. It's just chatter in the background, which can be fine. But yeah, I keep up. I'm on Twitter all day. Like, I keep up. Like, I see that on uh, on Twitter. I like, don't need it in a podcast. And so, like, first thing on the chopping block was like, I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to cut off the nostalgia. I'm going to I'm going to cut off the past, you know, the the, uh-huh. uh, the past is dead. Yeah. <laughs> kill the past um, if you yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah. kill, kill the have. past if you have to and I decided to uh delete the slate political gab fest. Woo! And Welcome. I did. There was no, there's, you know, because Austin, like, messaged, you know, it was like, was there a moment? Yeah. It was like, no, there wasn't a moment. It was just like, I wasn't learning anything. And then at a certain point, that podcast became instructive. And like, there is, there was some use at times of like listening to people who were fundamentally centrist. When Patrick and was a child, me. he thought and spoke <laughs> as a child. Right. Uh, and that was kind of interesting. And also just to like listen to a different version of yourself through a, like, whatever. Like, there was things I got out of it, but it just, not worth 90 minutes every week in perpetuity. I was like, all right, that's that's gone. And so because we've done the, the political gaffes as a waypoint, I was like, I'll just you know tweet. I was like, self-care, 2020, get rid of the slate political gaffest. People are like, that's cool, me too. I'm, I'm thinking about stuff like that. Like, I should get rid of Pod Save America. And I was like, yeah, man, you should do that too. Yep. Um, and then every once in a while, I'll just check, like, new Twitter followers, like, because I'm vain. And um, <laughs> when I looked through... Uh, I saw that John Dickerson, one of the hosts of Slate's Book of Gabfest, with 2 million followers and only 2,000 follows. There's like a certain formula to celebrity follows that's like, if it goes over, I don't know, it's like 3,000, 4,000. Yeah, that's And especially if they have like 20,000, that just means they're... Insta following like uh, people over a certain count, they're doing right. like, name searches and just following people above a certain follow threshold. Or they have and a service. Some celebrities straight up have a service or an app, but most likely an actual service or, or an assistant who is like meant to follow accounts that will theoretically follow them back and boost their shit to grow even more. Like literally just I need you to goose these numbers by finding the most like <laughs> trendy people to follow who will help me grow, which is wild. Yeah, it's like a like a celebrity version of like on the Instagram culture of like follow me, follow back, right, um, right. sort of stuff that that happens. Um, and so I see that and uh, stunned to silence um, because this happened to me before. This is why Rivers Cuomo started following me on Twitter, which was a similar situation of me shit talking the latest Weezer album, and then ding, a little later, Rivers Cuomo is following you. Yeah, and like I don't know what to do about this. Like I, there is like a place in my heart uh, for like that podcast as much as like it's not for me anymore. I'm a different person. And At also, the same time, but we can it, all agree John Dickerson held that thing together. Right. Well, like there's a, a degree, star. Uh, well. It's. I don't know. I think Emily Bazelon at, at a certain point became uh, the the one that would, was throwing punches. But that's. Wait, we like can't go down this. There. Right, we can't go down. We this can't do this. There. We can't do this. What I will say it's is most, that the question. The que- oh, go ahead. What I will say about about it is that uh, Dickerson tended to bring a perspective and information, just information. Not that there is like historical ideological yes. information, but you know what I'm saying. Accounts uh, yes. that I wasn't familiar with, and that perspective maybe would lead me to a different place than Dickerson would. But I always enjoyed the road that we were on together. Because he was bringing the road that he was driving me down. I wasn't. We were not on a road together. Because I'm like you. We got off at different. We got off at different exits. Exactly. But but we were always. It was was useful to go. He dropped me (laughs) off on the way. You. It sounds like now you're 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 in the car again with him. You guys are going. You're buddies, basically. He picked me up. I didn't. I didn't like some someone else. Like, hey, can you give me a ride to this place? You were holding a sign that said, "Hey, fuck that guy." And he was like, "Er, pull over. Do you want to get in? You want to hop in the back?" 
<laughs> That's basically. And so when so when Rivers followed me and I wasn't like sure what like he also had a similar like 2000 count where I was like, oh, this seems like it might actually be a legitimate follow, but I don't know. And so, you know, I've told the story in different venues, but like I met him before when I was like 14 and uh, like he meant a lot to me at a certain time in my life. And so I just like I'm just going to DM him and I'm just going to like say that like and see what happens. What happened was it got shot into the void, um, which is fine. Like, it was just like a cathartic thing for me to do. I have no idea if he read it because it doesn't, I guess maybe if I opened it in Twitter, there might have been a read receipt, but whatever. It was just like a thing that I did for myself. So now the question in front of me is like, I feel less bad about like, I'll say whatever the fuck I want. Like, I don't even know if John Dickerson checks his timeline or if he just follows people, right, right. tweets, and then it goes. I don't know how he has 2 million followers. His tweets are not very good. Um, and so, I don't <laughs> Wow, know you're really digging deep. You're really just like going to double down on, what if he's well, no, listening I guess right what I mean now? By, I guess what I mean by the tweets not being very good is like, his engagement is extremely low. Well, and so it just makes me wonder how someone gets to 2 million follows when the engage like, just an innocuous tweet is like 45 likes. It's like, but Uh-oh. dude, you have 2 million Can I tell you followers. something funny actually here is there are, yeah. there are two John Dickerson accounts and they're both John Dickerson, but excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and I think oh, I, th- I, 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 Hmm. Which one hmm. followed you? I'm looking, hold on. I'm pulling. Cause the thing that's weird is the smaller one is the promotional one. The bigger one, I think, is his actual account. No, this is him. This is the. This is the. Okay, because there's the there's these there's, ones. These ones occasionally have tweets of his that seem like they were just written by, by him. him. When I was in college, I played my extremely loud. Yeah, so, I yeah, also think that's him um, because if you check the other things recently followed, one of the things he actually recently followed on that account is just something that quotes two thousand different lines from Moby Dick one at a time in random order, which is the most John Dickerson. Yeah. That is the most like, yeah, I'll follow that. That's yeah, I'll add a little Moby Dick to my day thing that I can imagine an actual human doing. Add it to add it to the timeline. Yeah, put you it know? Okay, so this the, is the thing that I think the, the timeline is such a different thing once you pass a certain follower threshold both as people following you and you following other people like making that transition mm-hmm. in the last five years for me has been very fucking weird because I spent most of my time on Twitter for years having a very small amount of people who would, who would interact with me, with me and only following a, a handful of people I was like wanted to keep that ratio tight um, but after a certain point it was like you know I'll just follow I, you're in the you're in an industry you want to network you want to build a relationship with people you follow people because you think their work is good you follow people because you met them at an event you follow people because you want to, to meet them at an event and, and, and network or s- someone followed you and they seem yes. important you're like I'm gonna follow uh, yes, back just because absolutely. that seems like a smart idea that seems like a smart hey you are the new New York Times, let's go. Let's go, absolutely. You know, I, I literally, in doing, in looking through John Dickerson's things, I realized he followed Ronan Farrow, and then I realized Ronan Farrow followed me, and I didn't know that, so I was like, oh, I gotta hit follow back on that. Uh, you know, you never fucking mm-hmm. know. You never know. Uh, and hey, so, man, he is, he is, he was, I've mentioned, yeah, this, you've before. mentioned this before. He was, used to be on the gaming age forums. Yes, yeah, exactly. he's like, got an old school um, and so, background. And so, uh, uh, the, the thing that ends up happening is you end up, once you pass like a thousand, once you pass following a thousand people, it's a, it's a stream. It's a. It's like you're never catching up on Twitter. You're never done with Twitter. It's just a anymore. river. It's a yeah. river. You're in a river. You might set up a. I like. I have a thing that's like. Here are the hundred people who I'm genuinely really close with, and I try to keep up on that, like that, like a list. Um, but but even that can be a lot. So, 
So yeah, it's a different experience. But, but you know, maybe he's adding you. He's like, I need a little of Patroclepic spice. I need a little bit of that. There's every now <laughs> and then. How? So like, I was very specific in that. Like, I didn't tag anyone. Yeah. Like, I w- I even thought about not tweeting it because I was afraid people were gonna take the harshness at which we talked about the podcast to be like, ha ha, like fucking tag. I guess you could tag plots. Um, but um, uh, <laughs> he would invite it, right? That's his whole fucking jam. He is. would, he would, so, he, 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 like I, what would actually have been better is like plots follows me and it's like, what's up motherfucker? Like, well, he wouldn't say that, but like, he, he like, he would be like, yo, let's talk about this. Well, that's an open discourse uh-huh. because that's how we're going to solve this well, thing. An open discourse um, or a conversation in a closed room with cigars where no one else gets right. to hear. Cause that's where the real work gets done. Patrick would plots, plots would, would plots do it in a DM. He might do it. In he a might DM. do it in the DM. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm in the the I, what I consider the worst of all worlds, which is just the passive follow, which is that somehow it came to his attention. He seems like the kind of person that might have like a maybe a name alert, but that would that's just Twitter. So how would that go to like a? I don't know. I have a theory. How I have a, I have a, I have like a next level conspiracy theory. What if one of his yeah, kids? Let's go. What if one of his kids is a fan of yours? Ooh. Whoa. Because Damn. that's the sort of back end shit that you see in sports sometimes, or like you know, yeah. a team owner's child, you know, is connected to blah blah blah. What if one of their what if one of his kids follows you and was like, "Hey, shit. Dad, one of my favorite games journalists, un- <laughs> stop listening to the fucking podcast," like giving him shit the way kids do, which is fair, uh, and and is like, "Oh yeah, they did this episode about you guys once. You should listen to it." And then and then John Dickerson, who is a magnanimous man. Man, is my understanding was like I'll follow this Patrick Klepek fellow and then did. This is my but no follow theory. up, but no follow. Maybe he likes the cut of your jib, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, you got what Austin? You got followed randomly by like Maggie Haberman at some yeah, point. Yeah, that right? did happen. I, which is so funny. And I think for three days I was like, I gotta make my tweets less shitty. And then I was like, I gotta make my. <laughs> then I then like she had some bad take, and I was like, no, I gotta make my tweets direction. more shitty. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta fucking see this, Maggie. Get ready for these memes. I think one helpful thing about this period has been that, like, mainstream media elites are not better. They are not smarter. No. They're just people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you should not feel culpable or particularly observed if you have to get something off your chest about how you feel about their output or how their outlet's doing these days. But this is different. Like, I doubt it was like. <laughs> Austin like tweeting about a bad New York Times headline, or Brett Stevens, and Maggie's like, "Gotta follow Austin." Like, you've had a couple political <laughs> no, political yeah. tweets like go pretty viral, and my guess is, my my theory yes. would be like, she was like, "Oh, it seems like a smart person." Like, click follow in the way that we do all the time with with stuff like that. This is like far more targeted and specific, and <laughs> and yet it's not stressing. No, it's not. But I, I I'm gonna end up like embarrassing yourself. The, oh, I'm going to end up sending a DM. Austin, we're like, 20 minutes into a discussion of Patrick's Twitter, t- uh, f- like followership. It's amazing. And the etiquette of the situation. Embarrassment, look behind you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like, I, I've been thinking a lot about Twitter lately um, because it's fake. Uh, okay, I've been thinking a lot about Twitter lately because they yeah. rolled out. <laughs> yeah. They roll out. Yeah. 
they rolled out a the, hot, uh, the big the big take for 2020. Like, there's no fucking reason I should have the followers. I okay, there is a reason, and it's like luck and preparation. But even the preparation is luck. Uh, I made a joke to a friend yesterday. I don't know. I don't get into the whole joke, but the joke included the punchline of like, if I had posted what you just posted, 75,000 people would have fucking seen it. Uh, and I felt bad immediately because yeah. it felt like I was like beating my chest about the out my reach or something but i know my reach is bullshit like i understand one 20,000 of those people don't read twitter anymore or were bots or were whatever right like that just that is part of the account or part of like the way twitter works two it is it was so much right place right time happened to have the right perspective on something but i'd had good perspectives before gaining Twitter followers and I just happen to not have the right connections to get those retweeted in the right places. I happen to not be working at Giant Bomb. Like Giant Bomb exactly. like immediately goes or Vice like you could push was... even you know those things were like those things helped p- build that list. It's not like a meritocracy on Twitter. <laughs> it's fucking fake. No. Um uh and and then you end up but, but at the same time you end up looking at something like those new proposed Twitter rules around um the statements. Replies. All my tweets are statements. From now that's, on. That's going to be me. Are you going to do that? Oh, hell to, yeah. Do you want to explain what the system is? The, the, well, I didn't anyone... look too much into the system, but I do know that now <laughs> for people that, for 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 blue checks at least, Twitter is uh, going to be oh. like, you can like just, you can just like post a tweet like normal, or you can release it as a statement. Is and it no just blue checks? required. I hope it's not. No, a, I think this is, it has to be. A, so no, here's well, the, this has got to be a This is, I'll read thing. the, I'll read the, I'll read the tweet. I will read the tweet. <laughs> um... <laughs> All right. Uh, we delivered the news. Twitter will soon let you restrict who you can reply, who can reply to your tweets. Your options will be global. Anyone can reply. Group. Only people you follow and mention can reply. But I guess that tweet is still seen by everybody. Panel. Only people you mention in the tweet can reply or statement. Nobody can reply. So like there's worlds in which you could imagine like, oh, the three of us are going to have a panel on Whatever, you know, and the fight, you know, we're going to do I have these experts on gun control and we're going to sit here and we're going to talk through, you know, gun violence. And we don't want the replies to be filled with bullshit. Right. Uh, Or you could, for instance, say that guns actually are the best thing and we should have 30 more of them set it 30 more than per person in America set it to statement and then no one can disagree with you <laughs> because statements are because you can just make a statement now no more ratios you're safe the ratio can't hit you can't hurt you anymore uh i have such weird mixed feelings Huge about this news policy for John <laughs> it's true um yeah like on one hand i on one hand, I like the idea of, like, I could just message Kato a meme, <laughs> and it can just be us having a good time uh, without- But people a, can still see it, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's not a DM. Do you know what I mean? But right, right, but, right, right. But I also- but what they can't do is be like, ha I got that joke. I'm going to repeat the joke. Yeah. They can't do that. Which is not it's harmful like, no, by is, itself. It's this is a mean Kato moment. Right. Yeah. It's not even, it's not a harmful thing when that happens. But when it's like 200 people who do the repeat the joke back <laughs> to you thing, it's just, a, it's just like an annoyance. Well, that's the thing about Twitter, right? It's like everything is, ino- well, not everything, but like so much of what is aggregating at Twitter yes. is fundamentally innocuous. It is simply the volume and repetition of it mm-hmm. that makes it kind of unbearable. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, 
I don't know. It's the same reason that people listen to a lot of podcasts develop like real weird hangups about things individual podcasters do, right? We've all gotten some sort of feedback about like, hey, you notice like Rob does this one thing a lot. And I'm like, fuck, I do do that one thing a lot. I never thought about it. And then I have to think about it again. I'm like, but that doesn't matter. (laughs) That's just like. That's just people. Yeah, exactly. People do a thing a lot. People be doing things a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I so, like just just be yourself on Twitter. But like, I'm just excited for a world where I can release statements like every day. Do like, you have here's a memorandum. Here's today's oh, a morning statement from the Zachary. desk of Robert's. I would, Rob. I want you to do this. Just one statement. New Twitter a day. account. New Twitter account. The desk of Robert Zachney. Yeah, from live from the desk of Robert Zachney. This is Robert Zachney. I love it. Can we get a show for you? Vice on TV. They, they renamed Viceland. Vice on TV presents. <laughs> Live from the desk of Robert Zachney, starring or with featuring. Which would you prefer, Rob? It's your show. No, it's mm. someone else reading Rob's tweet. Oh, yeah. no, a declaration. Absolutely. Yeah, Rob, a little Rob, fanfare. Rob, he's got yeah. better things to do. He doesn't need to read that tweet. Right. He wrote it. Action Bronson reads <laughs> Rob Zachney's tweets. Did either of you see be- The Irishman yet? What are we doing? <laughs> okay. I, oh, this is connected. So, uh-huh. no, the answer is All right. no. Neither of you no, saw The no. Irishman? Mm-mm, too long. Well, it was connected to the last thing I said, so don't worry about <laughs> it. Anyway. Was it... Uh, d- does does Hoffa release statements? Action Bronson is in The Irishman. This is the cameo okay. that Natalie wanted to tell no. y'all month, like a month ago. We should have spoiled that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember that. Well, yeah. He sells mm. coffins. It's a whole thing. Anyway. Right. Mm. Yeah. The more important, the actual pivot we should make here is, you remember well, when pe- I was like, anybody could get a good, could get a high follower account that's kind of luck. It's kind of like you're, you're, you're not born into it. There's not like you were born and designated someone who will get a, a good Twitter account. It's work and it's, and it's luck. I think that was kind of the message of The Last Jedi. I feel like that was the little kid with the broom could also get blue checked on Twitter. Even though he anyone was just a little blue, anyone can be verified. <laughs> you're blue sensitive? Yeah, you're blue sensitive. It's possible. Uh, you, t- you too can release a statement. Um, but See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this card in reverse. Okay. I have the better. Like, uh, let me, okay, remember, give me yours. So Patrick was putting away the past. Ah. Cu- yeah. Like cutting yes, off good. his, like cutting off his nostalgia. He was going to be, he's going to stop motivating himself by nostalgic attachment to things past. Yes. Which is not the tack that J.J. Abrams took with The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, wow. Which is, well, I, I, I guess he, up front would just say, we're going to go, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Deep, up right? front would just say, we're going to go full spoilers. Yeah. We're not going to do like a spoiler. So it's just like, you haven't seen this it. This is the spoiler you know? cast. Yeah. yeah, we're going to talk yeah, yeah. all the way about. Also, if you were like, oh, wow, they did a Star Wars spoiler cast, then you got 25 minutes of us talking about <laughs> a podcast you've never heard of right. and <laughs> what it's like being verified. It's. I want to be clear. Uh, Look, they I should spent extend, my whole life trying to get verified. That they, wasn't on my rundown. <laughs> they should extend uh, to everyone any of the benefits of being verified in terms of like hiding replies from people who don't follow you, shit like that. Just want to say that. Yeah, whatever. That Pay there. for the stats and analytics and bullshit, yeah, yeah, yeah. but everything else, the feature should yes, go to everybody. everybody. If you're brave enough with the mute button, you can live that verified <laughs> life. <laughs> 
Just block people. Fucking mute, no, mute is a half because measure. then they know. I want them to know. That's the, that's the right, goddamn but, point. So this is the thing that I, I, I went through this oh, last God. year where I, I hit the <laughs> moment where I was like, me muting people keeps them in my replies. This is why we got to move to statements. You're right. This is why we got to go to statements. Because then assholes, then the fascists can't reply and use my platform to send their bullshit. Anyway, Star Wars. Austin steps up to the microphone, taps it a couple times. I'd like to make a statement. Have you ever seen a take so bad you immediately have to go to sleep? Turns away from the mic, walks back. You know what? I want this room. Oh, can I, I want a feature oh. where you. I want a feature where you can't retweet it. You just can't do it. It's like I said something incredible. Oh, it's just that's there. That's for me. Wow. That's for that's me. That's for me. No tweets, no likes. It's text. Bon that's Momo. Got that, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true right. statement is just so it exists Instagram. and cannot be interacted with. I want Instagram. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> other social media platforms. Bring back Google Plus. I miss groups. All right. Groups are good. Oh, hello. Good. You found Waypoints, <laughs> where the Waypoint staff and friends take a break to nerd out and deep dive on the culture, art, and entertainment that's been inspiring and provoking. Provoking. Yeah. We're provoked, Rob. We're provoked. This is what Today it means to be provoked. we're talking about the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> and only that. Oh, that's not true. Also, the Mandalorian. <laughs> Star Wars. So, as as you indicated, Patrick, it's going to be spoilerific. We're not going to be like hiding information. There's no, there's no mystery box in this podcast that we're keeping sealed. Uh, we're we're going to crack that thing. The spoilers all the way open. speak. Oh my god! <laughs> and they speak via Fortnite. The, the whole galaxy has heard the spoilers shout. <laughs> God, did you fucking did you see that? Can I start here? Here's where I will start. Yes, yes. Six Let's minutes. Do it. Six. Okay. So <laughs> the day that the day that this movie comes out, the first six minutes leak, mm. and the first six minutes include one of the big. We talking Thursday night, Friday, morning? Friday. Well, I thought Friday morning. So this is Friday morning. Maybe uh, okay. people had already seen it. I had not seen the movie by then. Uh, but the first six minutes were like shot with a phone because you could just do that. Mm. Um, put online and the premise of the film then is revealed right the premise of the film is emperor palpatine is back baby and he's on a planet released a statement (laughs) (laughs) he did and he did it and this is the the thing is in the movie in the movie you can't see the statement in the movie it says the dead speak emperor palpatine back from the grave do 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 now hear this uh, and he is how good would it have been if that hadn't been in the trailer how good know, would it have been uh, if you huge... sat the fuck down for that movie and it said the dead speak palpatine is back and you're like and hey, what excuse well, me and so the thing is it's in the trailer they had to announce it ahead of time so they could do the tie in with Fortnite, which is where the message plays and so that morning I was like I'm gonna spoil the first six minutes of this for wait, myself wait uh, have you not heard the wait. good news In what's up Palpatine what? is the Fortnite. that is yeah, where that's Kato I'm right there with you this is what melted my brain excuse me uh, like, I walked out of that movie with, yeah. with my partner and I was like I feel like so the original trilogy skips time constantly between the movies, but yeah. you never get the sense that you missed anything critical, right? Like, yeah. okay, the 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 rebels have abandoned Yavin, and now they're on this ice planet. Well, a new that hope makes... opens in the middle of yeah, yeah, yeah. an escape. In Meteor is like the, is yeah. the mode of Star Wars. Right, but like you you can always sort of put it together really quickly as to like, ah, yeah, this, this makes sense. Like, this is a good place to come in on the story. Emperor Palpatine being alive 
and being returned to the Star Wars universe is not a thing you skip, right? And I was, I was taught, like, as I came out of the theater, I was like, yeah, it just feels like there was too much going on across this trilogy, oh, maybe, yeah. or across this one movie that they were, like, cutting out and just trying to pick up midstream. I had no idea. I thought that was the mistake they made. What I didn't realize was that, no... They had reserved crucial plot development. That was a strategy for their marketing tie-in. Right. You also, oh, I, I'm wait, actually wait, not wait, that, that cynical so that about it. That is not the beef. That is not my beef with it. My beef is not just it's in Fortnite. My beef is actually what it, what the text is, and it ends sure. up being indicative of I think directions that they took in the film. Uh, so that text, I'll just read it. I'm not going to make Kato play it because it goes on for fucking ever because <laughs> Palpatine speaks the way he does. At last, the work of generations is complete. The great error is corrected. The day of victory is at hand. The day of revenge the day of the sith uh and the idea so immediately i'm like okay this is the movie we're going to get into mm -hmm. the one where palpatine sends a message out to everyone in the galaxy that he is actually he was not the senator turned emperor unrightfully deposed by terrorists he is mr sith he is the dude who's going to beat his chest about being an evil space wizard uh, a world where the Force Awakens opens with people like forgetting the Jedi and the Force again. Suddenly, people are going to be scared of a guy who fell down a shaft. Uh, yeah. So, like, so me, I'm like, okay, this movie. <laughs> he, gonna... was, he was thrown down a shaft by an evil space wizard, Patrick. It's not like it's not like an elevator door opened. He just stepped oh. into it. There's no fucking car there. Oh my like, god. Maybe he just didn't eat shit someday. <laughs> that been, that's what they, who knows. Maybe that is. Maybe that's how they they. Maybe that was a clone emperor. You know, already, he was Rob. the emperor died at the construction site. Yeah. Uh, there was an open shaft left in the throne room. This we is why it. the empire needs better safety regulations. Um, so I go into the movie with that unionize. in my mind. Yeah, please unionize Imperial Workers. Imperial Workers Union 421. Uh, <laughs> all right. So so with that energy is what I went into the theater with. That mixed with this other thing, which is a little sadder. I don't think this hit me until the next day. I will say up top, like I was pretty disappointed in this film. Uh, but it didn't strike me until the next day that this was kind of it for an entire chapter. Like, all right, Star Wars isn't going anywhere. Nothing ever really dies under capitalism except for They're people. They're announcing a new um, movie this month. Right, exactly. But the Skywalker saga, which was retroactively called the Skywalker saga, is something that has been in my life since I was like six, right? Like I, have a, I have early distinct visual memories of being in my dad's apartment playing with like a, t a flashlight as if it were a lightsaber, like coming to love the franchise of Star Wars, loving the aesthetic, having it, I said earlier or late last year that it, I realized while watching the first episode of Mandalorian, like, oh, this is the only thing I love. Like, this is the only thing I have that childlike, not childlike wonder and glee and, and naivety, but like a sort of deep continuity of self that has not been broken the way my love for, for football was broken by CTEs and, you know, all sorts of other uh, issues with the NFL around racism and stuff like that. Where like that, that degree of instant uh, response, that positive response that I don't get for anything else that I love. And I like Gundam a lot. I I, I love Gundam. I love, you know, uh, uh, RPGs. I, there's all sorts of, I love people in my life, obviously. Um, but in terms of like, Things that I like, most of them are really compromised and and uh, are compromised in a way that is front of mind instead of back of mind. But when I see a cool Star Wars prop, my heart beats. And so going into this movie, all of that was carrying with it. And so the stakes were, were higher than I thought they might be because the next day I found myself so deeply disappointed because I felt like they completely missed the landing um, on something that won't happen again in my life. This is it for things I had 30 plus years of investment in trying to 
tie a bow on it. And that's okay. That happens. Like, it's not, this isn't a personal tragedy or something. More often than not. <laughs> right, exactly. But to, to, to recognize that I was in that moment of like, oh, fuck, they're not going to get another chance to do this. And in fact, maybe they did it for me last time with the end of Last Jedi, which is when I kind of, when it struck me how much Luke meant to me and Luke's arc meant to me and how well I, I uh, how much I appreciated the way his arc wraps up in that film. Like, okay, maybe I, I just need to rely on the fact that I got that already. And now this is, this was going to be icing, but it was just really poison, poisonous icing for me. Um, I don't know, just like bare level response. Did y'all leave the theater in positive places and negative places, indifferent? That movie is about what I – oh, go ahead, Rob. No, I I think you and I might have ended up in the same place. So I watched it a day or two after the, you know, opening night people had had seen it. Mm -hmm. And so I'd already heard really negative reactions from some of my friends. So I went in with lowered expectations. Okay. And juxtaposed against those expectations, the movie was all right, um, but – at the same time, I think it ill-served – it certainly ill-served uh, the work that was done in The Last Jedi. And it also seemed to mangle or render unsatisfying just about every major character arc that has been set up throughout the this, this new trilogy. Uh, and, and so it's a weird thing where, like, as a work of disposable entertainment, as a spectacle that washes over you, I was like, yeah, all right. That was some, that was some Star Wars. But the moment you stop and think about anything that happened, it becomes a really frustrating film, I think. I was in an openly hostile theater that was remarkable. I've never seen a theater. uh, I saw Cats, I guess, last week, (laughs) um, which was also hostile, but everyone was there to have a good time. And also that theater had a bar. Uh, so different experience. Um, the and also that's that's like people are going into it. Yes. Like yeah. there was a societal shift towards like this is what cats is, yeah. as opposed to your experience being like in real time people having a reaction to a thing that they didn't expect. Yeah, the theater I was in laughed at like the Ray Palpatine reveal. Like laughed. Um, there were key moments where like groans are just like echoing through the room as dialogue is bad or as uh, you know Chewbacca shows back up um the for the the fifth Ugh. thing that they walk back in that movie um Kato, you're wearing a Star Wars shirt yeah how was your impression it was bad bad I did not I walked out of there being like this like tried its best to make sure that the last Jedi didn't exist in like the most kind of weird backhanded way to like uh, apart from just like ignoring some things like the amount of stuff that it like like the whole thing with C-3PO like being hit, they erased C-3PO's memory of that movie <laughs> right I forgot so wait yeah is that yes. where the cut is is that the like yeah he's about to leave with Rey on her first mission which is before The Last Jedi <laughs> wow well that's something <laughs> Yeah, so I, the thing for me is like I think I I could fuck around and fuck around and go for thirty hours about the things I didn't like about this movie, and I don't think that's a particularly productive way to contribute to a podcast. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I wish they had. I have a statement in, in seventeen <laughs> tweets in a row. <laughs> no, go ahead, Patrick. Uh, I wish they just let Abrams make the whole trilogy at this point. Like, and I'm. 
you know, I guess in a world where we also Ryan Johnson would have made good movies anyway. Um, like he's such a talented filmmaker. Like the third, this third film feels very much like ah, all those threads that didn't get picked up in the second movie. We're just gonna find a way to weave those back in and make two movies in one. And I don't know if that necessarily would have made for like an altogether satisfying trilogy, but it would have made more sense within the arc of the threads that were being laid down. But at the same time, I, I'm glad, like if, I like The Force Awakens a lot. I, I, I truly do enjoy that movie. I think Rey is like a really uh, interesting character. And the fact that The Last Jedi exists at all is sort of like, remarkable as a as a thing like it's like the, the the weaknesses of rise of skywalker only make the boldness of the last jedi all the more interesting um like in some ways i think it makes it a stronger film if you can disconnect like your disappointment of where it doesn't or doesn't take story threads because like the rise of skywalker with jj like uh and i'm not gonna sort of like defend him but i think they picked a poor filmmaker and he's even admitted this in lots of interviews. It's like, ah, like, I know what I'm good at, and I know I'm not good at this part, but they picked me because they had a year and a half to make a movie, and I can do that. And so all the weaknesses <laughs> of this movie are all the weaknesses of J.J. Abrams as a filmmaker. And so, like, the structure of this, like, series of movies is, like, a, I think a more fundamental critique of, like, like this, 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 this trilogy because there just didn't seem to be enough of an understanding like the jump from force awakens to last jedi is fucked up like it doesn't like it's not how you do a sequel that's part of what makes it interesting and bold but it's not how we usually think of like connective threads of of, of a series of movies and so i don't know i have trouble like getting too angry about rise of skywalker because it's exactly what i expected jj abrams to do it's like super in line with what he is as a filmmaker and it's just unfortunate that that's the filmmaker we got to land it. Um, and it's too bad that Ryan Johnson didn't have the energy to do them back to back as he was originally going to do. But like, I think, like I said, I guess in conclusion, I like The Last Jedi even more yeah. despite my disappointment of Skywalker because that's a movie I didn't come out of liking very much. I didn't dislike it. I bet I came out like, what? Um, and my reaction to like the arc of Luke Skywalker was, I think I would. My mixed reaction was what the movie wanted, and it was a movie that, in conversations, in reading about it, I didn't watch it again until the week before seeing Rise of Skywalker, and then that was like a movie I was revisiting after having had all those conversations and watching all those conversations. I was like, this is a tremendously bold film that doesn't make any sense that it should exist, and for the same reasons that Rise of Skywalker doesn't connect to Last Jedi is the same reason that Last Jedi doesn't connect to Force Awakens. And so it's like the lack of a hand like over those three movies and making sure they all like talk to one another is also why Last Jedi exists. And the fact that Luke Skywalker gets the arc that he does, I think makes all three films worth it um, in the end because to make him a failure that learns from it is I think like one of the boldest things you could have done with any of those characters. Right. I mean, agreed 100%. Uh, and I... I... I want to believe in a world in which you get the last Jedi and then also you hand off the final, you know, piece of the puzzle to a filmmaker who somehow extends that work or, you know, the thing about synthesis is that it is, <laughs> I would have loved a, a version of the, a third film that synthesized the first two instead of simply negating <clears throat> the second part. Or if they, or right? if they were swapped in some way, right? Like sure. the last Jedi feels like a conclusion. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah yes, absolutely. Are, like lingering threads. Kylo Ren is still out there. Like the first order is still a quote unquote threat. But like I think that's 
like part of what makes the end of Last Jedi, like if you just imagine that last scene in The Last Jedi, it's like, oh, cool. Like, that's it. That's the wrapper on the Skywalker saga. Like, we're done. Right. But it was crammed into a second movie, and Star Wars is, quote unquote, supposed to be trilogies because George Lucas at one point says, oh, I bet it was, it was like, nine movies. I bet it was in a fucking contract when he signed this shit over. It was like, you're going to wrap up the Skywalker saga with nine movies or three more movies, and that is it. And then you can do other stuff in the universe. Um, I, but I think that you're right that you're also, you're you're uh, revealing a sort of, uh, a, a, a frankly, a capitalist logic that is like, underneath some of the decisions, which is they're better at making the open-ended film that ends with, and then we could do 30 stories in this time zone, right? Like, in the same way that Star Wars Clone Wars, the TV show, has gone for five seasons, I think a sixth is coming, that fill in the gaps between Attack of the Clones and the end of, uh, uh, or maybe it goes, does it go beyond Revenge of the Sith at this point? Or maybe no, it I think does. it goes Clone Wars, Clone Wars wrapped, and then it's, now we're in Rebels, right? I know, but I'm, I'm trying to place it in the timeline. But I think Clone Wars takes takes place post Attack of the Clones, pre, pre- Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Sith, Sith, right? Um, uh, and like, which is why people think the prequels are any good. There's, there's been a lot of well, all this work to make characters. Well, I think part of the reason the prequels are good, and and I, at this point, I will get into some of the stuff that I actually just just really actually dislike about uh, Rise of Skywalker is the prequels failed a lot, but they failed at trying to bring in new ideas, new symbols, new machines, new characters. Um, the main motivators were still a Skywalker, was still Obi-Wan, right? It was still Yoda, was still Palpatine, characters on the stage that we already know. But in terms of visual, like, designs, in terms of places, if I say Naboo, you probably know what Naboo is. If I say Coruscant, you probably know what Coruscant is. If I say, uh, you know, if you're listening and you haven't seen, uh, you know, one of these movies in a long time, and I, and I say Darth Maul's ship, you might not know what I'm talking about. But let me tell you, Darth Maul had a dope fucking ship. <laughs> uh, I remember it to this day. It's slick and silver and smooth. Um, you talk about like the the pit the the pit droids and the pod racing and uh, the like weird bullshit on Coruscant. Uh, there's a lot happening in in those movies visually that is memorable and striking and original in its att- or at least its attempt to be original. The Trade Federation. The, I want to be clear. One, there's a lot of racism in that movies. They're pulling a lot on like shitty stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are still like characters with costume designs that feel like they come from a culture. There is a place. Even the stuff that I don't love plot wise often has some underlying visual element. Uh, I keep hitting visual a lot because I think this is the stuff that the those movies do well, mm-hmm. and then the Clone Wars expands. It also on that has stuff. a very poli- has a very political. Yeah, element totally, that, like, absolutely. It's, it's completely absent from you know like the 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 new trilogy of like how the first how exactly did who knows any of why <laughs> read, did they come back and at least read a book. The prequels like are f- yeah right. That's well, they put it all yeah, in the exactly. books, I guess. Um, whereas my biggest beef with Rise of Skywalker is it's immense failure to imagine anything new or to be able to pull the levers of anything except nostalgia. There's a moment in this movie where someone in the First Order, I don't remember if it's the Emperor or if it's Hux or if it's the other Admiral dude is like, we need to make them feel bad, you know, or whatever. He's like, make take something from them, right? Uh, hurt, Find a way to hurt them. And what they do is they blow up a planet the planet that's like already been terrorized and depressed and occupied by the First Order. Um, a, a, a planet that we've been to once in this trilogy just now that no one in the theater remembers the name of 
probably, right? Yeah. That no one here remembers now. It was the place where it was dark and snowy and they met Babu Frit or Bob what Bobby Bobby Fruit whatever his name was. The little Babu guy. Frick. Babu Bobby Frick. Frick. <laughs> My boy Bobby Fruit. Bobby Fruit was Bobby. good. You already know what it is. <laughs> Hashtag free Bobby. He was very good. Um, that was a great little right. puppet. And like, okay, cool. I was puppet. like, oh no, Carrie Russell. Right. Except don't worry. One more thing that they fucking rewind in this movie, because there are no stakes, is the destruction of the killing of the characters that you just met. So that's like C3PO. Chewbacca, the Luke throwing the saber away and feeling bad about sabers, uh, <laughs> his own saber. <laughs> Babu Frit and Carrie Russell. They don't. There's no. There's no bad thing that you can do in this movie that they can't just un, like rewind a moment. Death, obviously. Uh, um, uh, that has a cost in the end. Uh, and and so for me, like that was so emblematic of one of the problems with this film was. Because there has not been the investment in new places, because there isn't a Coruscant or a Naboo for this new trilogy, when they're like, all right, take something from them that that means something, they don't have anything. And then that ends up leading to shots like, oh, wow, look, she has Luke's X-Wing. Oh, wow, look, Luke's saber. Oh, wow, look, like, even the moments in this movie that I think were really well done, I think one of my favorite bits of this is Adam Driver adopting some of Harrison Ford's uh, mannerisms in the final act after he, like, returns as oh Ben God. Solo. and like That little slide, the, the slide he, does he does around does, the corner. The groan, the shrug. Even that stuff is still rooted in, hey, remember Han Solo? It is, that movie is very much like the Demi uh, Ready Player One song. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please look up the, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm an asshole. Uh, I'd have to look it up to to try. Uh, what is he, Electro Lemon on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, Electro Lemon on Twitter. Yes. His Ready Player One, Remember Back to the Future uh, song, or it's, it's a Ready Player One song. <laughs> but at least... But at least that little stuff, like the the slide, is something like I only noticed when people yeah, it's, like were yes. taking pirated gifts out and like look at this, and I was like, oh, like that's how you do a bit like that totally. if you're going to do it. Yeah. Is like people later being like, like did you notice that? Like look at that little thing he did, as opposed to like you know a, a lot of things like the X wing rising up, which is like look at this <sighs> big dramatic shot. Dude. How is this X wing still functioning exactly? <laughs> It's space map. I don't know. But like, and so to to sure. remedy that, what they did it to remedy the lack of things that you, the audience, and these characters were invested in, or to remedy their absence of understanding what those things should have been, they decided to rely on old things and turn the dial to 11 on everything else. And so this is how you get the 13-year-old's idea of what an empire is when the emperor reveals his infinite armada of ships that have the Death Star gun on them. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, that is what power looks like to you is, oh, what if we took... An after dark screensaver? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. What if we took the Death Star, what if we put the Death Star gun on like a hundred ships? That would be sick. Um, That's how you get scenes where the Emperor's like, I am all of the Sith, and then Rey is like, well, I am all of the Jedi. It's like, dog, Go watch Return of the Jedi. Go watch Revenge of the Sith. Those are films that end in intimate or conflict between a handful of people. Return of the Jedi ends with three people in a room. Like the the big climax is Vader, Luke, and the Emperor. And there are certainly, you know, uh, metaphorical, they're certainly analogous to some other larger 
conflict, but they're not literally supposed to be all of the Sith and all of the Jedi. We understand that <laughs> allegory is happening, and because it's allegory, we can instead spend time on character work. We can spend time on Luke being pulled between his his drive for justice and therefore violence, but also his love for his father and his belief in redemption. If you even look at uh, the final fight in Revenge of the Sith, and, and Patrick, you just watched this way more recently than I. I don't know, Kato or, or Rob, if you've seen this lately, but like that final, in my memory, that final fight between uh, Obi-Wan and and Anakin is is kind of tortured acting because mm-hmm. that's what was written for them. But there's still an emotional heart to the idea of, to the idea. Oh, it's, uh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor is acting the shit yeah. out of that scene. <laughs> yeah, to like, absolutely. Which is what you notice across, <laughs> I watched basically all six movies, like before, uh, uh, all eight movies before uh, it came out. And yeah, like one, you watch the prequels and it's like, Awful CG, pretty bad CG, and then like, oh, like I can watch this without like <laughs> wanting to tear my eyes out. Oh. Um, like Revenge of the Sith still looks pretty decent. Like it's it's very watchable. Whereas like Attack of the Clones, like the final <laughs> climactic battle, really looks like a PlayStation Two like cutscene. Um, it's it's unbelievable. Which is saying it will um, only get cooler with age because we're moving now from. On <laughs> some level, it on some level it does, yeah. but like we're actually in a weird point where it doesn't. Um, like I think in like. Five ten years, you look exactly back it. and like, yeah, yeah. We'll it'll it'll age better, but like right now, it looks extremely strange. But yeah, like yeah, it's uh, but that's also a scene that like in my head when I think of the fight in Revenge of the Scene, I think of like I think of the high ground, I think right. of the yeah. memes, um, yeah. like, like like the prequels have been so memed into my head, specifically that like the uh, that fight in particular. But it does have like Ian McGregor does like give a lot of weight <laughs> to that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, Ewan McGregor does give a lot of weight to that scene, <clears throat> even if he's not working with uh, a whole a whole lot. But like, versus this, which was still a fight between three people with with Kylo showing up yeah. to fight. Uh, and I'm not going to get into the specifics of that fight in terms of why didn't Palpatine stop using the lightning or whatever. It's like this is where it was going. But that that sequence wanted to introduce a new concept, or I guess that film introduced a dyad in the Force. Is that what it was called? A dyad in the Force? Yeah. Uh, as if that was an yeah. established thing that we were supposed to care deeply about. Uh, it it was not just a fight between three people because the Emperor's guards or the Knights of Ren or whatever were there being chopped up, and there were nameless Sith Citizen Sith cultists Miles who never did anything. They're they're just in the background. They're watching all this pop off, and they're like, "I'm not doing shit." But I really wish we had the Mandalorian episode eight conversation, the scout trooper one, but between members of that cult. (laughs) (laughs) Were those? Hey, uh, should he still be shooting the lightning? Uh, He should probably stop with the lightning. Man, she's she's getting up and like. Coming closer. We you want should we tank tackle her? It's like nah. Be, imagine it, if don't embarrass the emperor on his first day back. This movie. <laughs> God damn it! I absolutely read those people as not being there. Wait, really? I thought that was the representation of every Sith that's ever existed hmm. in Palpatine, like ghostly being, like being there, but not really, right? Like no, I think they're cultists. Like they were actual people. I think they were. What was the name of that planet? I went to type. I went to type. It into Exegol. 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 Good. Yeah. <laughs> nice work. Um, it was like a way thing. less believable thing. Uh, that uh, It's just that there were so know, many. Grand Admiral Thrawn's secret empire that he built I, out I, the outer, right. beyond the Outer Rim. Yes. It literally is that, Rob. Except we don't see the except ship. Except Thrawn had a reason and it made sense. <laughs> you, you don't think the Emperor has a reason? The Emperor wants to... B- 
keep living to what? Pass what does he want to do? His, what does he want to do? Uh, 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 no idea. Continue he the a bunch of ships that can blow up every planet. What next? Why not use them, motherfucker? What are you gonna do? Or not use them? Make a decision. Huh. I yeah. They were trying to use them. No, they I weren't because they had them. They could have used them, and instead he locked them up as a reward for Kylo Ren. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know at, what I mean? At the end, they're trying to like leave. Yeah, but they could have left. They, yeah. Early, Let me tell yeah. you. Instead of sending a broadcast, right. you could have sent a fleet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is what my pal, my sheave, would have <laughs> sent a <laughs> not fleet. Not my sheave. Hashtag not my sheave. <laughs> uh, his name is Sheave Palpatine. But I do think. I think there's a rite of passage you go through as a Star Wars fan. Uh, pretty much any franchise, but Star Wars is so enduring and so popular that I think everyone gets to go through this, and it's a good thing. Which is, you have that moment where you realize that you have to create your own, your own ending for this. You have to just like detach from what from whatever the franchise has done, whatever the people who actually own the IP have like deemed is the conclusion, you have to decide where this thing wrapped. You get to decide like mm-hmm. what is the final shot of this of this series. And Patrick, I think to your point, like The Last Jedi this movie's kind of a godsend of The Last Jedi because it really emphasizes <laughs> everything that was good about The Last Jedi. So it really like that movie gets stronger in re- retrospect because mm-hmm. this movie exists. But also, I think it is I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to look back at this trilogy and see that it reached its natural terminus with the end of The Last Jedi. And then they made a third movie. And right. the problem was that they had to make a third movie. And not the, not necessarily just that they made this one. Now, I think there were themes they could have continued from The Last Jedi. I, I think there were... The thing that got dropped between these movies that I found really fascinating was during Luke's training of Rey where she senses both the darkness and the light in the forest, right? At the center of that planet or whatever. And he makes the observation that all the Jedi have been taught that it's this Manichaean divide between light and dark. And he's at a point now where he's starting to think there's just the force. There's just... The, 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 there's there's a unity there. They're just one. And one of the things we've been consistently fucking up is thinking we can just boil it down to dark side, light side, and for you know force people to walk, walk one path and cut themselves off from other aspects of themselves. I thought that was a really fascinating notion to introduce in The Last Jedi, and I think it would have been really exciting to see a version, a Star Wars trilogy that wraps up with, uh, uh, to be clear, I don't think what Luke is saying there is, ah, it's all shades of gray, kid. Like, that's not what he's saying, right? But I, I think what he's what he's sort of speaking out against is the sort of simplistic division we see in the early Star Wars films and this notion that uh, the galaxy should be ruled by these space, you know, space wizard monks uh, who deny themselves every human relationship uh, who are apart from society. And then on the other side, there's just basically planet killing narcissists, mm-hmm. uh, you know, running wild. I thought it would have been really cool to see a star Wars trilogy that not only wraps up the, the Skywalker saga as, as we're calling it, but, but also sort of wraps up the entire 
premise that a lot of the conflict in this trilogy was founded on, right? Because ultimately, this is what what is what is the thing that has driven disaster throughout the series. Uh, it is this notion that you have this enormously powerful cast of like warrior priests mm-hmm. who have cre- or who are playing with forces they don't fully understand or control, and are warping and twisting people to fit this vision. And it blows up in their face time and time again. And I think it would have been really cool to see something follow on from The Last Jedi that kind of questions that or pushes back against that. And instead, in this final movie, we get a complete return to the status quo that we've always seen in Star Wars. But everything is a little bit dumber and less like less yeah. sensible. Like, yeah. it's everything. Oh, uh, we're, un, we're, we're hitting undo on all of that. But also, everything's going to be even more implausible than you've ever seen it before. So you're going to get a Palpatine devoid of any real plan or motivation or goal. It's just going Terrible to Terrible MacGuffins. But uh, all MacGuffins are inherently flawed, but these are some of the worst MacGuffins. <laughs> I mean, like, go to a planet and hold a oh. dagger at one part, but you better go at the certain time <laughs> and era and year when there's a certain amount of deterioration on that ship <laughs> because if there's too much deterioration on that ship, also, it was actually just in someone's there's office. Been... It was just in someone's mm-hmm. office, and if you'd gone on that ship and just looked in an office, mm-hmm. You would have found the item you're looking the, for. For me, the biggest example of this is the fleet that shows up at the end to save the day, um, oh. which I was like, I, like a contortionist in my seat when this happened. Mm. One because it is the one of the firmest refutations of one of the messages of the Last Jedi. Right, the Last Jedi, you know, ends with. Uh, I believe Poe believing deeply that people would show up to help that like, Hey, we sent the message out. We put, we put out the word, we need help and no one comes. And then you have to face this thing by yourself. And this is a film that instead has this very liberal, like there's more of us than there are of them attitude. The silent majority has their hearts in the right place, guys. That's it. All we got to do is count on. If they had to choose between a planet killing, (laughs) Evil space wizard who's just going to obliterate every planet in the galaxy uh-huh. and people who don't want to do that. Most people, most people will would. choose the side of not destroying all the planets and out of their own self-interest. We don't need to show coalition building. We don't need to show why anyone would trust this particular resistance faction. Uh, why they would? What come if that was the movie? But, I, yeah, I would have thought do? that would have been like such a a great premise. Was like, what if Luke's heroic sacrifice meant jack shit? Yeah, and people were like, you have to build- yeah, you know what? The Jedi sucked and haven't really helped us a lot. What do we care yeah. about Luke Skywalker? And then they're faced with ah shit. Like what comes what next? comes next? Which is like, How do we? That's a blank yes. slate. Yes, we can't rely on a space wizard to save us. Uh, instead, what we got was a resistance that goes to one planet in the middle of a religious or statewide festival that then they ruin because they steal their ships and bring the First Order down upon them. Then they go to another planet <laughs> where... We kind of glossed over yeah, that uh-huh. part. <laughs> we go to another planet that's already been oppressed and terrorized by the First Order, which they ruin by their mere presence, associ- their associations 
radiation makes it a target and the entire planet is destroyed, destroying eons of culture and, <laughs> and generations and everything else. Uh, and then third, they go to a planet where former stormtroopers are hiding out and they recruit those stormtroopers to be their vanguard who will be in the most dangerous fighting positions. This is a coalition I'm ready to join. I can't fucking wait. Why would anyone show up? And the answer is Lando sent a message and you can see that message by going to the Galaxy's Edge amusement park and getting on the ride where they integrated that message. It's still the Fortnite thing. Well, Are you? Message. It was the same thing. It's, we need help. It's me, Lando. I'm here to help. <laughs> I'm I'm still here. Remember me? Remember Wedge Antilles? And Back to the Future? Space hey, hey, the Wedge part of, of the nostalgic bits in that film, the one shot of Wedge, like, that made my heart sung a little bit for that. <laughs> they fucking killed What's-His-Name off screen, too. That's fun. The Lando's old co-pilot. Uh, oh, Nian Nub. Yeah, Nian Nub. Nub. Yeah. yeah, dead. Yeah. Dead Damn. off screen. Uh, well. Which is, like, I think evidence of the thing you were saying, Rob, of, like, there's just too much in this movie. He still got better treatment than Rose. Oh, absolutely. Fuck. Dude, uh, this is the thing. We could go forever. The Rose shit sucks. It's yep. brutal. She was so good in The Last Jedi. She held that film together at the parts at which it was weakest just by, like, sheer presence. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with all of y'all on this one. I'm, I'm sad. And I... It, yeah. Ugh. And yet... <laughs> Sometimes Star Wars shit happening remains cool. Well, so right, yeah. this is this uh, like, is the thing. There's another like case. Iceberg Look. in space is a cool ass shot. Yes. <laughs> uh them landing on that Star Destroyer and like storming the the, the forecastle of the Star Destroyer basically uh you know by running around on its hull was kind of cool. Yes, I immediately had the thought that everyone did that. Hey, this looks a lot like Rambo three. Oh. Indeed, it did. <laughs> you, you I went another place. Of- That's good though. Yeah. Where did you go? Mass Effect one. The end of Mass Effect one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But nevertheless, like that stuff was was kind of cool. The scene that unequivocally got me, absolutely killed me. Uh. Rilo, uh, Ky- uh, Kylo and Ray's uh, fight on the ruins of the, the Death Star hmm. in, you know, uh, among the breakers and then him realizing that his mother is dead and uh, then Han appearing. Yes. Was a cliche and trite and manipulative? Oh. Absolutely. Did that scene work for me? Yeah. Yeah, oh. it did. Seeing Harrison Ford there one more that's time. That's what JJ is good that at though, right? Like that's all. like his... Yeah, that oh, is me. that one got me too. No, dude, oh, like for me, like, come I was, on. I was no, like I was already in that place where it's like you can't go back to old shit again. And also, all the Leia shit didn't work for me already because oh no, of, that didn't work. The, and so I was well, of I went into not, that yeah. scene with with like her deciding from across the galaxy, I need to use the last of my. I have to get into bed and die so that I can reach out to my son and let him know I love him because that is what finally will change his heart. Well, because cle- clearly, like, in the script, like, you can imagine, like, she was supposed to be one that gave that, that speech, Absolutely. which would be a complete, like, parallel to, like, closing out, yes. like, a lot of the themes of, of the trilogy of, you know, uh, fathers and sons and yeah, yeah, yeah. mothers Mother and daughters and, daughters and, and yada, yada, children. Yada. Well, I, I mean, I think that scene worked for me. I think Harrison Ford closing it off with, like, him, like uh, Ren being unable to say... I love you and Harrison Ford giving the I know like that. Yeah, that worked for me. Yeah. But I also think it points to a larger problem, which 
maybe some form of redemption was still available to this character, uh, Kylo Ren, but I don't know that it comes that easily, man. Yeah, dude. Like these, like this is one of those things where we are predisposed to forgive him because he's one of the major characters in this and because he has a weird charisma about him. Mm-hmm. Morally, there are things he has done in this trilogy that he does not come back from. Find right? me a like, fix where I spend uh, 10,000 chapters uh, writing an alternate universe where he lives at the end, mm-hmm. has to live with what he's done, and then goes on adventures trying to like fix himself and like address the fact that he's done terrible things and what do I do now, now that I've, I've killed this terrible part of me uh and he goes on adventures and there's probably a love triangle um there's probably like a love diamond between him poe uh finn and and ray it's great it's really yeah, good okay. uh, i can imagine you know disney call me we can just change <laughs> the end of this movie if you want to um the thing i really love awesome. with both of those characters real quick was the the what is the desert planet called? No idea. Jakku? Jakku? No, the other desert. The the festival. Oh, the festival. Which one. could have been on Jakku. They could have just put oh, that on Jakku. Chewbacca Memorial uh, red, ha- red, red, red herring planet. Yeah, red herring yeah. planet. Um, the bit where she destroys the cruiser fucking slaps. What a great moment, like the the transport rather, where she and Kylo are trying to like pull mm-hmm, it down right. and she taps into this dark part of herself and just blasts it. Excellent. That Give me that movie where we are, if we're going to do the like, is she going to slip into darkness thing, having that great moment of like she's pushed She's pushed, and when she's pushed, she reaches back to something that anyone who is training in the Force has reached to now and then. The the like intrinsic power of the Force over the restraint, and it's a Last Jedi echo, yeah, right? Totally. Like the moment that like Luke is with 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 her, and she immediately goes like is attracted to a part of the dark side, and it scares the shit out of him. Love like it. that's like that's how you pick up a theme from the Last Jedi and 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 work with it. Because like, and also Chewie would have been a great character to just kill off because it's. He's the kind of side character, like, of course, it's like R2-D2 and C-3-Bill, of course they're going to be around. And so, like, her killing off Chewie, I was like, damn. Like, I didn't feel great about the movie at that point. I was like, but this is actually, like, a bold, interesting idea to, like, ground this character in some way. And then, they just, and then they're like, there, there was a second trans, transport. Yeah. And it's like, even in the shot composition, that's hard to believe. Like, yeah. we have a pretty good view of what's yeah. happening around there. We can hear <laughs> yeah. things. Like, it's a blue sky, like, baby. You would have seen. You would have seen. Yeah, like, I didn't hear any other, uh, other engines, man. <laughs> like, where was, the, where was this transport? We saw him walk uh, off. You're saying there's the another one parked next to it? was 180 degrees behind I the see. camera. I, it was literally, <laughs> the shot was from the, yeah. the other transport, <laughs> actually. Uh, this is the wrong transport. Put this Wookiee on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kata, what was your objection? You, you you had something a second ago. No, I mean, I was uh, thinking back more uh, to the end where uh, Kylo dies and just the kind of fucked up, uh, like, yeah, they like, it, it rushes the redemption, basically, because he's like, gots to be good to die. Yeah. Right? Oh, or yeah. like, for like that memory, for like his his memories, like now, and now he was a good guy, and now he's dead, but that's what we remember is that he was good at the end. Right? It was like, He definitely still... hasn't pulled this move before where he helps Ray kill her adversary, <laughs> and then heel turns immediately. Uh, <sighs> also, like, weird that he... Disappeared, but also didn't appear as a ghost. Was not again? with the fam, no. Like what is? <laughs> Find out in the DLC coming. Look, he's yeah. He's in Jedi season three. He's in- <laughs> like I mean, that's that's the real meaning of that. Is like his redemption was not complete. He's in hell. 
Shout outs. Hell exists. As we know, hell is a uh, fuck. What's the name of the, the Corvette building planet? What's the planet Han is from? Oh, Corellia. It's a Corellian word that's associated with the the right. a plane of death. It's a you know a, a weird supernatural belief, but that's we why already, he says I hell. I believe we had uh, this we conversation did. Did. on a podcast. Wait, did we at some point? Uh, maybe hell? Were, were you not there? Mm-hmm. May- maybe, but I, I know Austin and I definitely chaos, talked about Star Wars hell at some chaos point. Chaos is refers uh, referred to as hell in Corellian mythology, and also known as the Void, was a reputedly dark region of the netherworld of the Force, inhabited by the spirits of deceased Darth Lords of the Sith, Dark Jedi, and the spirits of an evil sentient or of evil sentient beings who had died. Have we just have okay. we ever seen anyone who is force sensitive disappear that way and not be a ghost? I don't think so. I think that's the whole thing. Yeah. Is like now I'm a ghost. Now I'm part of the force and I can appear as a ghost. Yeah, I'm part of the ghost parade. Let's yeah. go. Black <laughs> Another thing that I will say it worked for me, and I think this would have been a, a decent beat to hit more in the movie. When after Leo's after Leo dies and Chewie falls to his knees crying. Yeah. And like the sheer, the, the whale there. I think mean, it was a moment where I was like, damn, like that's true. At this point, Chewie's seen yeah. pretty much all of his friends get killed in this unending war. Like that is a powerful moment, but because again, like nothing has real stakes in this movie. It doesn't like that moment lands, but it just, the movie skips skips over the ramifications of all this way too quickly, right? Like if well, it's because it's it, two movies. I mean, yeah. This is one of the first things I said when in, in in our Discord when I came back from seeing it. it was like it was JJ doing his middle and third part of the trilogy in one movie, mm-hmm. so everything was yeah. rushed. Everything was rushed. Totally. Well, uh, we should take a little break and <laughs> maybe check in on some other Star Wars that maybe got people all the way back in. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're back. Uh, so, there's kind of been two major Star Wars events uh, over the course of this this holiday break. Uh, the first was Rise of Skywalker, and then the second was the finale of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Uh, I was a little lukewarm on The Mandalorian to start out, and now that I have some distance, I think I'm back to being a little bit lukewarm on it. <laughs> but was there a, was there a full arc there? Did you stop being? Oh yeah, like okay. dude, like episode eight, I was like <laughs> all in, baby. <laughs> The, this is this is my shit. This is what a Dude, masterpiece. I, I can a watch. Message. I can watch a million seasons of this. <laughs> and then, like three hours later, I was like, 
Why couldn't they just storm that fucking bar? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they should have stormed the bar. I sent a message to a friend last night. Uh, the the uh, the Rise of Skywalker and the Mandalorian are both extremely. A thirteen year old wrote this Star Wars stories, but Mandalorian proves that thirteen year olds can be right. <laughs> um, uh, and I did. I said the same thing. I said the same thing to my friend that you just said, which is that upon finishing, it's like, why aren't there fifty more episodes of this? Let me just put this on. Yeah. Like that is what the Mandalorian turned into for me. It was a show I can't wait to put on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like not to watch it, but I want to put that show on in the same model that the shows that it's trying to be like in the Hercules model in that sort of like adventure show vibe. Right. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm probably more warm than lukewarm. Yeah. Kato, you must've liked it. Cause there was like a full episode's worth of content about people turning in loot, uh, and <laughs> getting their destiny armor. Oh, <laughs> uh, fucking love it. Unlock your ultimate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mando's definitely a Titan, right? <laughs> Dude, if they put up, if they if they had those oh, rockets, fuck. give the give the Titans those cool wrist rockets. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I I I mostly enjoyed it. It dips in the middle for sure, but I think uh, I I it it made me need. It, I I have to go back and watch. Uh, what was it Clone Wars? Uh, because. Yep. Apparently that continuity is being brought back. So dark saber is real, yeah, baby. It's real, and it looks like it looks so goofy. <laughs> I love it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But that's also the Mandalorian in, in, in totality. It's like part of the reason. So I part of my favorite episode is the second episode of the series because it solidifies my one of my favorite attributes about the character, which is that he sucks. And he's not very good at this. Like, I mean, he, he is skilled. <laughs> like, he has a set of skills. He's clever. But it's often he's clever when backed against a corner. Mm-hmm. And he's not necessarily, like, he walks in, his plan's going to be great all the time. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes he does have a plan and, and it just looks, you know, badass. Like that time when he walks in and, like, throws that, one of those bombs. That, and now Siri is, is doing the same thing that it did to Robert. <laughs> chronicled the last two minutes but you know what I'm like oh, there, there are moments Can't trust when um, in, in the second episode when he's trying to scale the uh, what do they call those things the um, the Jawas the, uh, oh the sand crawler sand crawler like he's trying to yeah. come sand crawler and like what a dumbass like just incapable of doing it like he's up there he's getting thrown down there are so many shots in this in this whole series where like he does something and he just gets the shit beat out of him in a way that I just really enjoyed because it's it's often the case that yeah like there are characters in Star Wars who they get hurt but it's often still like a heroic sort of like getting hurt like how we normally like watch yeah. these like superpowered characters and often the Mandalorian just felt grounded in a way that like Man, he's trying his best. Like he's pretty good at this, but he's not—he's not Boba Fett. Like he's yeah. all right at this. Even Boba Fett, you know, fucked Boba up Fett at the end. Boba Fett flew into a sarlacc. Right, that's man. what I mean. That's yeah, but that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. Like yeah. that's that's also part of if that's like part of the the, the you know the the culture of this of the sort of like warrior culture is like well there you get a set of skills you get some cool armor but that doesn't necessarily mean you're all powerful. Like I liked that plot like that character thread of the Mandalorian that he often was kind of badass, but they would always swing the other direction and have him get outsmarted or get his ass kicked in a way that like was often kind of humorous. Um, and I, I found myself really appreciating that, that part of it a lot. Austin, I think both this entire new trilogy and also the Mandalorian, I think one of the things that's getting to me and I'm curious what you make of this is there is a notion, a school of thought and storytelling that 
everything happens at the speed of plot, right? Whatever mm. this plot dictates is what the rules of the universe can sort of contort themselves around. Uh, but I think there's a point where you can push that and it begins to break down. Like in general, I think the needs of story, the needs of character development should probably come first. But at the same time, there should be some sort of constraints of a plausible realism within the framework of a fictional universe that make that give things stakes that that help events and the ramifications be trackable and clear to to a viewer and i think one of the things that kind of gets to me with the mandalorian but also certainly got to me even with the last jedi is that i think this generation of star wars feels like it is now fully leaning into everything that you could overlook with uh, the Empire Strikes Back, that time, distance, space, uh, institutions, like <laughs> these things either exist or don't exist as needed by the plot. And the Mandalorian, at its at its best, I think, implied that there is this interesting universe of Star Wars out there. But at, at its worst, I think it also felt like it really hammered home None of this has any kind of internal consistency or reality within the fiction. All of it just serves as a set dressing for whatever needs to happen next in the story. Right. Like I, I will say, I think this is just tr- I think partially this is just true for Star Wars, right? This is a world in which there is faster than light travel that is widely available, at least to the degree that you have thousands of individuals owning their own spaceships that they can pilot by themselves as if they were cars uh, and taking them across the galaxy. And yet you still have the idea of the backwater planet filled with resources yet to be tapped by some major political power, right? Like there are little farms far there. There are places like the place in episode three or four. Four. Was that four? Yeah. Um, the set. Yeah. Sanctuary. Uh, where, where he meets Cara Dune for the first time, uh, and and they do the Seven Samurai thing, yeah, etc. Um, that that like in the why hasn't someone come to that place? Why hasn't one of these imperial powers, by which I also mean the New Republic, uh, shown up to to try to you know exploit or inter- or assimilate these people? Um, and then also, like, how long is a is spaceflight? How long is a trip from one end of the galaxy to another? I, I don't care too too much about it in the sense that I I guess what I've come to realize partially from the Mandalorian, but also through talking about stuff like Rise of Skywalker and and the new trilogy in general, um, and thinking about my own fandom historically with the series is I I do really love Star Wars when it is episodic. And when the boundaries of the storytelling, storytelling works in two spaces. It works at the largest meta structure where big things happen. Empires rise and fall. There are shifts in in relationships between major political factions. The world has changed. And in the, the micro, in what you were saying before, character development, character interaction, that middle space has never really, the middle space, which is like, this, you know, this is going to be a story about a particular political faction uh, doing something, you know, big for them, but small in the stakes of the galaxy falls apart because of its inability to make the, that character level and the world building level actually speak together in, in coherence. And I think, in other words, for me, I think that that ship sailed for me a long time ago, if that makes sense. The idea that you could have a place like Dathomir, right? 
with its own entire you know situation of of force witches, an entire different understanding of the force, and then also you could have. 30 other planets that are basically variations on the idea of Force-sensitive <clears throat> cults that somehow were never integrated into Jedi, you know, uh, teachings. Shout-outs to the Falanassi. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I've not, I haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> uh, and, and et cetera. Like, okay, whatever. I, I, to some degree, and part of this is Star Wars works best when it isn't, or, or for me, has always worked best when it is in the mode of storytelling that is like a fairy tale or one of its associated, uh, uh, you know, other modes, which include things like tall tales and war stories, where you know that what is happening is fucking fake. When someone says, so there I was, I just landed on Tatooine and you will not believe who walked into the bar. Like that style of storytelling is at the heart of Star Wars and is certainly at the heart of Star Wars novels, even if they don't admit it, even if they want to to say that there's this big interconnected continuity. It's constantly writers unwriting what happened in another book. You mentioned this the other day with the whatever the heist book was that I hadn't read, where it's like, and and Han was there too, or, or whatever. And so like I'm already kind of okay with that sort of writing um, because this is what I'm coming to Star Wars for. I'm not saying that it is the mode that... Uh, I'm not saying I forgive it of its sins. I'm saying I recognize its sins and I'll live with them. I think for me, I think part of it might just be aesthetic, right? That I think one of the things about Star Wars that I've always liked so much is that everything in Star Wars has such a concrete tactile yeah, feel, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That like ships feel like they have an existence. They've 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 mm-hmm. seen hard use. They've been beat to shit. They've been used for a purpose again and again and again. If you see a mining ship in Star Wars, it's going to look like a thing that's been crushing rocks Hell yeah. and getting bashed around asteroid fields for 30 years. The Millennium Falcon looks like some someone's cobbled together like truck that they've kept running, you know, through three or four generations. And it has the wear and tear associated with that. And so I think a lot of a lot of Star Wars sort of implies this this object permanence of the things that inhabit the universe. But then in terms of the way Star Wars tends to tell its stories, uh, these things can become weightless at will, right? It's why yeah. it's so frustrating that, oh, there's Imperial Star Destroyers are terrifying. You see them appear in the sky above your planet and you know the Empire is here. And then Rise of Skywalker is like, what if a million Star Destroyers <laughs> appear not. in the sky above <laughs> no, your planet? No, you're right. You're totally right. Uh, but. Uh. And I think with with the Mandalorian, like little things in the closing stages of this uh, of the season, which I do think was a lot of fun, uh, and I and I I think pays off a lot of the uh, foundations that were laid early in the season. I think I think it works on that level, which the new trilogy does not. It, it pays off the yeah. you know the, the things the sim- that are, the visual are set up in the first would, act. Yes, they yeah. show up in the third, the third act. This is not yep. this is not like groundbreaking cinema here. This <laughs> right. is the thing you do is you put the IG droid in episode one or whatever, and he shows back up in episode seven and eight or six, seven and six, seven. No, just seven and eight. Yeah, and rules and absolutely fucking yeah. rules. That sequence kicked ass. Anyway, go ahead. Chekhov's yeah, droid. no, um, Chekhov's droid. Yes, but at the same time, I, I like things like I forget Carl Weathers' character's name. Uh, uh, grief, oh, do you mean Grief Karga? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Great name. Yeah, uh, dude. His name, name is Grief Karga. He's an ex-magistrate. What's his face? Gus from Breaking Bad shows up and is just like, I'm going to give the rundown on each of these. I'm going to, to read the uh, Dramatis Personae write-ups of each of these characters. And you're going to realize we secretly had a dope set of characters in this show. But at the same time, like, so at the end of the series... He's got to go back to that planet and Karg is there and somehow like the notion of like the guild that before we saw, you know, this planet is overrun with bounty hunters. Karg is running this entire guild. Now everything has changed, but it's very hand wave as to like what changed here? Why? Like there last we saw open warfare just broken out between the Mandalorians and the bounty hunters on this planet. Now all of that seems to just be Gone. Also, by and this planet, Karg you mean like, a main street, yeah. seven buildings, yeah. because one, right, one right, town. one town on this planet. <laughs> are there more? Who that's, knows? At this, that's yeah. always kind of been a Star Wars problem, though, is that planets are the one town. It is, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of also just a sci-fi problem, and like you can only move so many places, but. But Star Wars plays it up because they so often return to that mm-hmm. Western Main Street uh, yeah. mo- motif, but. You, and then you have things like the tunnels where the Mandalorians were hiding. Oh, they've been they've been wiped out. They're all gone, except the most important one. She's still there. Her <laughs> tool, her, her workshop, still. Yeah, exactly. And one of these things happening, you're like, okay, cool. But Star Wars and the Mandalorian feels like it's stapled together out of these moments where. Oh no, everything has been, all is ruined on this planet. A planet got blown up. A, a civilization, a settlement was wiped out. But anyway, here's that character who was clearly there the last time we checked. But anyway, and here's they're your jetpack. And they're here to. Yeah. 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 I, and so I, I, I think am, that's. Hmm. The argument, the uh, you know, the argument got made. Very- Aren't those problems just Star Wars problems though? Like, I feel like the problems I have with the Mandalorian are the problems that like I could poke holes at in like yes. the original trilogy in a way that Patrick, I bought so many tactical manuals. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Back and, in the day, and the droid that stood up wasn't in any of them. What are you trying to justify to me? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, unclear no, to me. I'm, I'm, Bob's relationship is very physical. It's very material. Has a very. Has a very. And I don't. It's not a dig. I get you. But, but I mean, I'm. Is, sa- I'm saying that as a compliment to the Mandalorian, which like my issues yeah. with it feel in concert with issues right. that I talk that, that are just in uh, uh, with Star Wars as a whole. And so that's why I responded so much better to it than something like Rise of Skywalker. Because it's like, yeah, the shit that like uh, when I sit with my friends, I go, but what? And like, I, you can do that with the original trilogy all day. And that's fine. Cause that seems like to better understand the strengths of star Wars and it's episode. Like I think that I, I'm far less interested in what they do in the, the in the, uh, in the theatrical releases of star Wars in the future than I am. in like what they could possibly do in the TV series, because st- star Wars at its best, like the, the, the original trilogy is just three really good big budget TV episodes. It's just a three episode arc. And the strength of something like the MCU was understanding that it's really just a big budget TV series and finding ways to do storytelling in different ways. Like Star Wars came in with like kind of a adopting a format that never made much sense in the first place. It's just a thing it did. It's part of why I think the Mandalorian works as well as it does is that its weaknesses are also born out of its episodic format because there's not necessarily as much happening in each episode. But taken as a whole, you're like, oh, okay. Like, those arcs worked for me. I, to me, like, it just was a slight problem that um, at the end we have this 
deadly scary imperial officer leading this elite strike force that cannot storm like the the thing that occurred to me after the fact was an entire episode a siege episode played out where the might of this deadly imperial admiral couldn't walk into a bar and overrun like three people with with blasters and i was was like is that is that a dramatic confrontation is that really didn't they want the, you know, baby Yoda? They thought though? the baby was in there. Yeah, they were they were worried that So they the, so the, the way it fell apart, fell apart for you, me was yeah. like I understand why they didn't siege cuz well, if you siege it, the building falls down, kills the little thing for whatever reason they need it. The but then they send in a dude with a giant flamethrower and it's yeah. just a coincidence that, that, that the child then holds up his hand and like defends everyone. It's like, "All right, well, if I buy the logic of the reason you're not storming." What a good moment though. Yeah, move yeah. that's, that's, that's that's what the Mandalorian does over and over like even at yeah. Weakest moments, then it comes through with like baby he's Yoda. Gonna, he's Can I say it's, yeah. it's so good? Like they <sighs> were actually remarkably restrained in the first season, and I'm hoping production is far enough along because this the new second season's fall 2020 or yeah. fall this year. So it's like I'm hoping the pull is going to be to to react to that in a way that is, is in some way inevitable. But I actually found the season to be remarkably restrained, so that every moment that something did happen with that character. It really, it, like, there was a real gravitas and, like, emotional uh, element to it that you could lose really quickly if he becomes the star of the show or it becomes the star of the show or they become the star. I don't know. I don't, we don't know much about that. We don't know anything uh, about, about that, that race of characters. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I, all of your, all of the, com- so, Rob, going back to the thing you said before around, like, everything feels so loose and undefined when it comes to institutions and knowledge about the world and stuff. I think it's all worth it to hear Carl Weathers say out loud, hey, let's make the baby do the magic hand thing. Come on, baby, do the magic hand thing. Um, the fact that you they... You ever feel like Carl Weathers has been an underappreciated and undervalued oh, unbelievable. asset Absolutely. for 30 years? Yeah. Um, the There's a line in this thing where someone says an order of sorcerers named Jedi. Fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Talk mm-hmm. about the Jedi like that. In Like, that's the stuff that Again, leans into the the parts of Star Wars where you do have to you do have to you know. Can you imagine n- not knowing eighty years if there had been if hmm, so five hundred years wizards ago, magic can, wizards lift buildings were, with their hands and were uh, and were space cops and who like traveled space and killed people. You would have you would know people whose father or mother was killed by a Jedi. <laughs> Who's like defining moment was like, yeah, my dad was a slumlord. And then Mace Windu kicked in the door and said, not in my neighborhood, motherfucker, and killed him. And now I'm, I'm trying to do better. You would have those people in this world. You're like absolutely right, Rob. Space but is big. Space is big. Time is long. Uh, right, as I've said, uh, <laughs> and we is, don't know how news or media like that's totally. also one of the There's things. There's no Twitter things. in space. What we do like that's actually like one of the fascinating parts of Star Wars that I wonder if they just purposely have decided to never address is like yeah. we actually don't know how communication like mass media works in Star Wars like we don't see television we don't know how re- like it's as far as I can tell like over the course of the nine films and obviously expanded universe maybe touches on this in the way that a lot of this stuff does but like that like allows them to hand wave so much of that stuff. It's why they can set up like the Force Awakens like yeah they were just on a planet they just forgot about the Jedi but like. Really? Like, like really? And but maybe we don't understand how mass media works in this part of the galaxy, despite the fact that you have hyperlight travel, but you can't mm. share the news. I guess they can, there's no one to report <laughs> the news. 
fuck. Oh, the um, give me I know the newsroom in Star Wars. Give me. Oh my god. The so the thing that I might and my we final, should be having a great debate between the light and the dark, <laughs> the Jedi Masters and the Sith. That's what the old Republic was about. You're right. We used to have meetings of the minds, and now we just kill each other with lightsabers. The <laughs> the oh. snuffy Walden soundtrack begins to spool up behind me. I think if you you know if you kill a Sith, doesn't that just make you as bad as a Sith? If you strike down a Sith with your lightsaber, aren't you really the true Sith, actually? Can't wait for the last episode of the Mandalorian Newsroom Season 2. What kind of day has it been? God. Um, God. <laughs> the, um, the, there's a, there's a bit in this that, so part of the reason I ended up liking this is because I don't know that it, it knows what it is fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my actual favorite bit that I, that I, all right, so when I first saw footage of this, it was a leak from one of the Star Wars fan event things. Maybe it was the one you went to, Patrick, I'm not sure. Uh, did you end up going to that or did you not go to that? I remember you. I went to, it. I went to one day of this. No, there was a, the, the Star Wars celebration was in Chicago, but the. I think D23, which is yes. Disney's event okay. in California, was That's where this footage was. was shown. So that footage came out that was like uh, the initial sequence of getting the tracking. We watched it in L.A., Rob. I sat you down. Yeah, and no, you- I vividly remember. You were like, you got to see this. <laughs> you got to fucking and see this. And I was this. like, holy shit, I do need to see that. Yeah, totally. Fucking um, Werner. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it's Werner Herzog, you know, recruiting uh, the Mandalorian for this mission. Uh, and then And then, you know, various, you know, cuts of the the show like various like it's a trailer at that point and then it ends with the speech that he gives that is like you know look out you know look outside is are is the world more peaceful since the revolution which is a fantastic speech and it's better in the show I've been waiting for this speech to be delivered this whole season because I love it so much. I don't have the whole text here, but it is like such a great villainous. We talked about it at the time as being this sort of like imperial liberalism where it looks at end results instead of looking at like the actual means by which it achieves them. And it says, judge by any metric, safety, prosperity, trade, opportunity, peace, compare imperial rule to what is happening now. Look outside. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? I see nothing but death and chaos. I thought that was the end of the speech but it's not because he also says i would like to see the baby and that fucking amazing gut punch punchline is incredible uh and it is the show i think completely knowing what it is which is that it is an adventure show set in the star wars universe that's going to lean into the stuff you talked about rob making the show making the spaces feel real and banged up and ridiculous but also not going to spend a lot of attention on the stuff that honestly the clone wars show does spend a lot of time on the politics the inter the interweaving uh, relationships between major organizations the difficult decisions being caught up in something bigger than you it doesn't really want to do any of that stuff it wants to be an episodic space western it wants to be kung fu but this guy has a, a rocket rocket in his wrist. I will also say um, Taiko uh, Waititi's sense of humor yeah. dovetails really well with the Mandalorian because like at this point the the this last episode opens on basically a Star Wars sketch comedy, right? It's <laughs> oh, it's hundred jokes we've we've always shaking the, the blaster. The, yeah. <laughs> and it, but I love the scene actually works because it plays on a couple different things. One is that 
these are not really the Imperial soldiers we've seen in the past, right? Like they're basically an outlaw band as much as the rebels were in the movies. You know what I mean? Like they're all wearing cobbled together. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, every time you've ever seen the fucking uh, empire, like it's always clean, you know, super shiny. And like seeing those, uh, first, those first stormtroopers in like banged, like totally fucked Mm -hmm. up. It's just like things have moved, like changed. From those, yeah, movies. these guys haven't rotated back to base in a while. There's no base, there, to is, no there base. is no base, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and so you basically got these guys just running around doing criminal shit in the guise of a in, in the guise of a national army. Uh, but then it's just such a good bit as. They attempt. They're bored. They're shooting the shit. Uh, there's all the. Why can't the empire get its shit together? Because <laughs> in the empire, your manager might just start executing people <laughs> at random, and it's like this isn't a real God. good time. You should. I know you got some critical information, but call back in like twenty. Uh, I might be dead. But just just hang loose. God bless and the then, communicator unit. Him putting him getting the thing back. He's like, yeah, I guess I'll I'll check back in in a little bit. And he puts the little tiny like microphone communicator unit back in his speeder bike. It's everything to me. Mm-hmm. That is ever that is Wife City to me. In the words of Drill. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! It, like, and I, I think that was one of the exciting things too. Is that in that last episode. I like this version, sort of this Waititi-infused version of The Mandalorian, which is we can do the ridiculous comedy bit, the knowing sort of wink at what Star Wars is. We can also sort of nod at what is happening in the broader story. Yeah. And then you can pay off that fucking moment where they are fucking with Baby Yoda, and then the IG shows up. And it is, you've been waiting for it, and it is good as you, it is as good as you were hoping. Yeah. (laughs) I, I like, definitely, I will say, like, so one, the gut, the, like, deep internal, like, ugh, vibes, whenever they hit that baby in the, in the canvas sack, were real. I don't have a kid. Patrick, were you okay watching that? Did well, you want to jump through your screen. My kid's my, my kid superpower would be falling down the stairs as opposed to floating <laughs> themselves down the stairs. So I, I had a certain confidence that Baby Yoda. I mean, look, one or two episodes before, Baby Yoda tried to force choke someone. That did so, happen. Yes, I felt oh, I felt cool. bad, but I also was like, Baby Yoda is calculated. Like, yeah, there's a little yeah. more going on here, right. uh, Beyond uh, the, their size and uh, assumptions about their intelligence. So, You're right. but yeah, like especially because you couldn't see it. it was like a really good oh, it's bit. So effective. Like, mm-hmm. And there's no reaction, so you're just uh, everything happens in your imagination. One of the smartest things they do is, you know, they do the bit in that in that sequence where the one trooper, the one scout trooper, wants to see the baby, wants to see the creature, and so they get its <laughs> face on screen. They've seen it. They know it's adorable. Mm-hmm. They know that this is a this this is a being who has sapience in its eyes. They are. It is clear that this that the, the baby Yoda is adorable, and yet <laughs> they punch the bag over and over again. Anyway, um, I will say the IG-11 bits, like really the whole gunfight, the one piece where going back again to Rob's initial complaint where it fell apart for me a little bit is the – and then it brings me back. So maybe I went from warm to lukewarm to warm again. Mm. Um, 
the big gunfight in the streets where they are just like wild westing their way past blaster bolts. I know they'd establish that the that the troopers aren't good shots and that that's a well established oh, thing. Fucking, yeah. But like they were they are surrounded by dozens of scout trooper or, or stormtroopers at this point, and like not a problem to not get shot. But at the end of this this sequence, at the end of this this episode, it's like there's twelve of them at the end of this tunnel. What the fuck are we gonna do? Nothing. We can't do anything. We just have to. IG-11, you got to go out there and die for us, buddy. Uh, I know that's not exactly... I know he actually tried to tell IG-11 not to do that. Um, uh, and that was like, you just killed like 30 of them in a, in a situation that was not much more tactically advantageous to you than this. I bet you could just win that fight. It's like it's like playing a, an MMO or an RPG where you've killed 30,000 Imperial soldiers and then six of them come in the room because it's and it's a cutscene. And you're like, I guess yep. we got to give up. It's the cutscene. We're going to give up to these six imperial soldiers even though i just finished mopping the floor with 30 of them uh and i was like oh don't but that final sequence with ig11 is so well done and so tongue-in-cheek but and knowing about what it's doing um ig11 being like i can tell that you're sad because i'm a nurse droid is extremely <laughs> extremely yeah. good and got me like absolutely oh, got huge me. terminator yeah. 2 vibes Abs- i yeah. mean yeah 100 percent and also contrast that to the c3po scene in rise of skywalker oh. where they going for the exact same vibes and yet that's a character in which a lot of us have histories that go past you know go more than 30 years yeah. this is a character <laughs> like, that shit ain't real <laughs> going for a ca- yeah I mean this is a character we've known for eight weeks and it's like god damn it buddy all right, yeah. go do your thing. Go do it. Yeah, you saved us. I'll always remember you, uh, assassin droid, turn into a nurse droid. Uh, also, old man, oh. little old man, little old frontier man. Uh, oh, what's his? What's his? What was McNulty. his name? Yeah. The Yugnot. No, but yeah. what was his phrase? I have oh, spoken. I have spoken. No. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Isn't yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. God. Also, that might be that might be one of the most likable performances Nick Nolte's ever turned into. <laughs> Wait, was that who that was? Yeah, uh, certainly his best performance of the last like fifteen years. <sighs> you didn't know that was Nick Nolte, dude. I didn't look at. I did not. I did not know that was Nick Nolte. That's why I actually knew- no. I'm an, I'm an idiot. Hold on. Nick Nolte had a great performance in uh, Warrior. That was good. <laughs> Thank you, Rob, for correcting yourself. If you want a bro- if you want a broken down saddle Nick, man, Nick Nolte man, follows Nick Rob Nolte on Twitter. On <laughs> Nick Nolte DMs Rob. I heard what you said. Thank you for Don't correcting. Don't shit talk the head. Incredible Hulk. God, um, th- I mean, we should also just briefly talk about the show as like a vehicle for cameos. Uh, every oh, God, episode yeah. has someone in it, and you're like, that's that person. <laughs> I love that they cast. They could have put Clancy Brown into any role. Clancy Brown could have easily been the the like sh- you know uh, badass Imperial uh, uh, Moff who shows up, um, who is instead played very well by uh, what what is his real name? Why am I blanking on his real name? Um, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Um, but instead, they put Clancy Brown as the tough, as the strong man in all of the d- the devil. He's a Devorian. He's the Devorian strong man in the Prison Break episode. And like, you got Clancy Brown, and you decided like make him a person who barely talks. Good for you. You know what? <laughs> Congrats on that. Um, does anyone have a favorite cameo from this season, or one that didn't work for you at all? I thought. Uh, the Amy Sedaris one didn't work, but it made me happy. If that yeah. makes any sense, uh-huh. like it felt, uh, a, like, I don't know. I guess I just didn't like fully buy the character, but like I'm, mm. I like stunt casting a lot, and that one 
Like, I just was a joy to watch her. I was like, sure, she would never agree to be in a Star Wars movie, but somehow they got her. It was like, look, you just got to be on set for like two days. You can see the baby Yoda. You're good. You can tell your kids. And like that, that worked well enough for me. <laughs> That's probably the deal. I mean, in the same episode, I was like, Ming-Na Wen. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love uh, I, I love Ming the Wen, and then they were like, "We're gonna time to wad this character up and throw, <laughs> and throw, throw her away." away. <laughs> Whoops! Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, who was the one of the the he voiced one of the stormtroopers in that scene at the beginning at the the beginning of the final episode? It was. I don't um, know. Oh, who was it? Shit! Uh, oh, Jason Sudeikis. Oh, was it? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That's perfect. That's very yeah. If you go back funny. and listen, you can pick up on it, but they did a really good job of masking his voice. That's good. That's good. Um, I don't like Bill Burr at all. And then they just nope. cast him for all of his most abrasive qualities and made him a shitty dude from... I didn't know that Coruscant had a Southie, but it turns out <laughs> <laughs> he's from Southie Coruscant. Um, yeah, that was that was... Yeah. God, I like that show. I'm. I would happily have. I would like to put it on. I would like to put it on in the background while I'm playing an MMO or while I'm yeah doing some busy work. I'm like doing my taxes. I would happily have the Mandalorian on, which doesn't rate it very highly. But I've said this before. I want more Star Wars, not because more stories get you to wow. That was a really cool episode of the Star Wars thing. I want to start, and, yep. and maybe this is the 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 good part of the ending of it ending where it did with the rise of Skywalker is like, don't do that again unless you're really, really sure you're going to go for it. And instead lean towards the Mandalorian lean towards fallen order, you know, another a game that didn't even crack my top 10 list, but which I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, and that I maybe in, I, I enjoy the world in which they're not trying to make the number one thing, the best thing of the year. And instead of just making things and I can pick the ones I really love from that catalog. Um, Related, I've been playing the older public again. I don't know. We'll talk about that on Monday, maybe. No, Austin, you can't. What? What's wrong? We we cannot be held hostage to you going down an MMO rabbit hole every quarter. Tell that to our audience. Coming to regret it. it. <laughs> I'm. This is very much a like I'm cleansing my Final Fantasy palette. I'll probably be back to Final Fantasy in two weeks, uh, but needed to. <laughs> needed to like I needed to, to you needed some this. Star Wars shit I needed some Star Wars shit and I needed to like check my my sensors I needed to calibrate my sensors and be like what am I missing here is 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 Final Fantasy as bad as I remember is it as bad as I think or am I misremembering other stuff um, so you know probably all need to check our sensors when it comes to Star Wars absolutely can I that's, that's, we should uh, can, we, can we conclude with just what the current rumor is on like yeah. what happens next yeah um, so there's, there's supposed to be an announcement sometime this month, probably right as the box office is going away, they'll just sneak in whatever this announcement is. But so the current, like, le- you know, what considered to be like the most legitimate rumor, um, is that, uh, so there's been this big, uh, transmedia sort of like thing that's going to kick off in 2020 called Project Luminous, which is be a bunch of comic books. It's supposed to tie into like the EA Star Wars game, um, that is coming out not this year, but, uh, next year. But so the summary is, uh, Project Luminous is rumored to follow a group of Jedi setting out to explore the then unknown regions of the galaxy. Oh, it's also set 400 years, um, before, um, the Skywalker saga. Is it like outbound um, flight stuff? Uh, the Jedi heroes would go on numerous adventures and encounter a few different kinds of enemies, including some sort of ancient Sith gods. There'd be various Jedi to follow, each with different strengths and fourth powers, similar to what we've seen from the Avengers in the MCU. I, yeah, there are uh-huh. also be heroes who aren't Jedi. Um, 
and there would be an interconnected series of movies um, more emulated after the MCU specifically. I guess they're calling it the High Republic era rather than, you know, the Old Republic era, which would, I guess, been what? That's like thousands of years before the the, the timeline in uh, the original trilogy, or at least... The Old Republic so. era is weird because it's really long. Um the Old Republic, I believe the Old Republic era is like thousands of years long and has yeah. many sub-divisions inside of it. Like the KOTOR era is in the Old Republic era, but it is not the only part of that It era. drove me absolutely batty that there's Imperial officers, like as we've known them in the movies from the 70s, yeah. like in the Old Republic era, like, oh, yeah. that's an Imperial officer. And it's like some posh dude in an Imperial Navy uniform. And I'm like... You don't exist. That's my that's my one beef with that whole that whole period is like using it as a like endless territory for for prequels, but then all the familiar Star Wars shit is it's still there. just there. I will say that yeah. yeah, my favorite stuff from from stories that take place in in that era or in other like ancient Star Wars eras is when the technology is like meaningfully different and the and the visual language leans even further towards space fantasy or you stop you you know you do get the pristine Sith temples you do get the pristine you know pyramids and monuments and stuff that stuff ends up feeling distinct but more and more like again I'm playing Old Republic right now and it's like yeah this is just this is just the Empire like you just wanted to and I I get it that you basically had a meeting that was like oh people want to play this so we should yeah you can't make a star wars game without british without british accent without bad guys who have british accents or whatever um but i i definitely it is a big thing to hand wave um though maybe less a big thing to hand wave when you have a universe that the very fabric of it is about cycles and and intrinsic qualities of things and people and secret empire after secret empire and a different nebula just you know in the unknown regions of space um but yeah i'm with you remember when there's that entire han solo series of books and there's like the corporate sector that was like distinct from the empire and it was basically just a it was like what if your bank owned a sector of space and like the mall cops just fucked with you relentlessly? Um, Which is to say it was the most honest of all star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. In in retrospect, Han Solo at star's end really, really does. It does become a standout. Uh, I think we will leave our discussion off for there. Hey, is the Ryan Johnson trilogy still on or is that completely dead? I feel like he would have said like his lines while doing Knives Out, which you haven't seen, you should go see. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, is sneaking a show? Is that he has? Uh, he hasn't said. He's like, hey, they're working out what they're doing. I still want to do it. I feel like if he wasn't going to do it, maybe he would have said it. Or maybe there's the cynical version is like, or the smart version for Ryan Johnson is like, if he wasn't doing it, he wouldn't say that right before the new movie came out because that would have just caused such a negative news cycle. Yeah. So he just keeps saying like, yeah, like I'm still interested, you know, waiting for Lucas Lucasfilm to figure out their thing and we'll see what happens. And that quietly, maybe that goes, you know, away. Um, but we don't know. He keeps saying he wants to do it. Um, and the whole idea behind this new initiative, I guess, is that they're getting rid of the trilogy format. So there's like a, there's a world where he could be off doing his own thing. Also, he could do a TV series just fine. Yeah, and yeah. I think that would be just as interesting. Um, I think Brian Johnson's never done a 
television series, and I think he would he would do well in that format. Oh, also one small. I mean, he's never run just, a television series. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, one small thing was that I really love the Mandalorian. Didn't use Star Wars music. I thought that was oh, really yeah, great. Yeah. Um, I that think it has a great soundtrack. Is great. I've been listening yeah. to it on Spotify all the time. It has a huge. It's a great theme, yeah. both for like the intro and like the little like the when little they, bit that like signifies that the show is starting, yeah. and then the end credits theme is really great. Um, I just like that even at the end, even in the finale. Like no, no, like and I love John Williams' soundtrack. I, I, like I, I love the work that he's done in Star Wars, but I think it was like low key super bold that like that sh- for like Star Wars, like in the spectrum of what is bold for Star Wars, that they didn't include any of that shit. Um, and I think they found their own. It helped make the show find its own identity by not not doing that. Yeah, the stuff that other stuff that is confirmed coming that is not movies uh, are the Cassian Andor series the actual the the spy from uh rogue one uh like a prequel story for him um and then an obi-wan standalone which ewan mcgregor is signed on for Hmm. um which i think that could i think that could be good i think that could be good like i like ewan mcgregor a lot and he was just he's he does really good genre work he was really great in dr sleep which came out a couple months back and nobody saw but (laughs) i think is maybe actually a masterpiece so uh mcgregor uh, and then season seven of Clone Wars on its way this year. 12, 12 episodes of that coming next next month, I think, February. Wait, so Clone Wars is legit continuing. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. It's legit continuing. Um, but haven't they gotten to order whatever it was? I don't know. I Again, I fell off of Clone Wars around season right. two or I three. I think Clone Wars I, like occurs during like Order 66 and then picks up after and like deals with like – isn't like well, the retcon that Clone Wars does is that they weren't – like they're people, and it was like they had a chip. Uh, maybe I'm spoiling things at this point. <laughs> well, I guess we're in spoiler territory. I don't know. Like, I'm, well, I'm just starting down that road. I think Clone Wars so. is supposed to deal with like what is it like to have killed a Jedi, and then you have to go on living your life, and like flushes out some of those like like troops into like real characters. Um, okay. I've, I've read that that's like part of what makes that show interesting. Those characters, that's an interesting shows. The, the Republic commandos in that like the clone troopers are absolutely characters who do develop their own personalities. Like that's a key thing from episode one, literally episode one. It's pretty Yoda's clear, like, like, here are your personalities. You're heavy <laughs> weapons guy. You're a leader <laughs> yeah. guy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're Donatello. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> you do machines. It's good though, but I, I'm, I'm actually getting into that series. So we'll, we'll discuss it at some point, uh, possibly on a future waypoints. But for now, we have to wrap it. Our thanks to Two Mellow for the track Slide Asleep off the album After Midnight. You can find that at twomellowmakes.bandcamp.com. You can keep up with all of us at waypoint.vice.com. I'm Rob Zachney. You can find me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Uh, Patrick, where can people find you? At Patrick Lubbock. Austin. At Austin underscore Walker. Kato. <laughs> Ooh, that was a gurgle. That was a Damn gurgle it. gargle. <laughs> well, that will do it for this week. We hope you've enjoyed <laughs> right. the break. Please be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice if it allows such a thing. I think we're a five star podcast, but that's my statement today. That is a statement. <laughs> we are a five star no podcast. Replies. No, replies. no replies will be taken at this time. <laughs> we'll be back again with Waypoint Radio on Monday. Until then, do not give in to astonishment.
Okay. Isn't that what we all do with Star Wars, though? Yeah, yeah a little bit. A little bit. A little, a little, a little bit. bit. <laughs> Mesmerized by, by spectacle. Uh-huh. A good one. <laughs> that was. That wasn't bad. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That Make Chewbacca. New... What? Was it? Was that a Wookiee noise? I'm not, noise? Ta- I'm not uh-huh. talking about. Okay. Perfect. There we go. Yeah, that's great. That one felt more like gargling. <laughs> yeah, it did. You went a little, it gets good one. more into gargling on each time. The worst thing is that you had a good one, <laughs> but it was first, not recorded. No, it was not recording so, when I did the. No one heard that. The, a, the one where you weren't thinking about it. Yeah, was, uh, that's just like Chewbacca is just like in it, you know, because of being a person who just speaks like that. By the end of that original trilogy, do they all know how to speak Wookie? Just like the main crew, which is still only Han. Uh, I feel like Luke can. I don't uh, think Leia can. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they talk less to Chewbacca in that original trilogy. Also, what the fuck? You can you can hear what he says, but you can't like have the decency to speak back in his own language. I bet they can't. I bet they're is, they... or is there like a you never see someone speak it right. Like a like a human in the extended universe, probably. Well, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm just wondering if there's like a rule. Like, is there like all oh, the human voice? Can humans yada, yada, speak Wookie? <laughs> oh God. Okay. Here the longest, <laughs> the longest thread in the forums, etc. Star Wars. Are we recording? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm recording on this yeah. end. <laughs> awesome. Good, good. Do you remember? I yeah. In, what's up? I'm recording in the uh, Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. When Leia is hiding out from the Nogri kidnappers and she goes to Kashyyyk. Yes. And they meet Chewbacca's old buddy who can speak basic. Yes. And she's like, what? Uh, Chewbacca, you never told us that you had a speech impediment. And the Wookiee is like, ha, ha, ha. Very funny misunderstanding. It is actually I who have a speech (laughs) impediment. Right, (laughs) yeah. It's real. It allows me to speak basic, but not perfect Wookiee. And everyone's like, ah, yes. But then, of course, Zahn is doing that thing. Um, it's not where... Wookiee. It's Shri Wook. Please. Thank wow. you. I feel Thank better. Thank you. Damn. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I, I looked that up. Please do not. <laughs> <laughs> Wookiee vocal cords render it near impossible to speak basic, which I guess. The galactic is that the basic. robot language? Galactic, no, galactic basic, basic is, yeah, is uh, what everyone speaks. Uh, yeah, they're, they're foundational language. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Humans can speak Shriwook, but it is difficult to replicate and can be very harsh on the throat. Hmm. As we demonstrated. <laughs> that was not <laughs> that was bad. Kato. Just let it come back. We're going, yeah, in a wrong, gonna... we're going in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. It's getting worse. That was rough. All right. We should. Time dot is. Time dot is. <laughs> All right, 55. Sounds good. All right. All right, so I figure A segment will do Rise of Skywalker, and then we can talk about Mandalorian. No, A segment is we need to talk about what happened on my Twitter account. Okay, perfect. We need yep. to talk through this. Yeah, yeah, I need yeah. feedback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, what happened on your we'll, Twitter? We'll get it. We'll get do it. Just, you know what? If you've forgotten, don't worry. It'll hit you as you open the podcast. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. I still don't know. This is exciting. Mm -hmm. Kato doesn't know. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.